Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, I'm Connor Pope, and this is in the news from the Irish Times. Today, how will a new once-in-a-generation regularisation scheme change the lives of undocumented people living in Ireland? It's not often government ministers are met with chants of thank you outside the doll. But that's what happened earlier this month when Justice for the Undocumented campaigners gathered to celebrate a new regularisation scheme announced by the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee. Around 17,000 undocumented people live in the shadows in Ireland. This six-month amnesty, which will launch in January, offers them a pathway to citizenship for the first time. It is very tough and I feel like I'm the worst mother in the world. Uh, when my son said, it's okay, don't supply me with my medicine. I'm okay to die as long as I'm with you. Irene Jagoba hasn't seen her two children in 14 years because she is undocumented. It's hoped this scheme will help others like her. There are times that they don't talk to me at all. Sometimes it's Christmas and they won't even talk to me because they're dreaming, wishing to have me for Christmas but never happened for the last 14 years. And I don't promise anymore because I can't give it, I can't make it true. Sir Pollock, a lot of your work focuses on issues related to migration and immigrant communities in Ireland. And you've spoken to many undocumented people in the past for your New to the Parish series. What do we know about this scheme so far and how will it impact people like Irene Jagaba? It's open to any undocumented person who has been here for four years or three years in the case of those with children, four years undocumented. And applicants must meet standards regarding good character in relation to criminal records, although having convictions for minor offences will not result in disqualification. An interesting one as well is people who are facing deportation orders, who have deportation orders, they can also apply. They're not prevented from applying. Those with expired student visas who are still living in Ireland who have stayed on undocumented uh, without immigration status, they will be entitled to apply. And the scheme has also been open to asylum seekers who have been in the system at least two years. And the programme will be free to apply for for asylum seekers. But if you're undocumented, you will have to pay €550 if you're an individual or €700 as a family. So it's not an insignificant cost to put your name forward for this new programme. 
And one of the funny things is we probably know more about undocumented people in other countries than we do about the undocumented people in this country. So who are Ireland's undocumented community? Why do they come here? Where do they come from? And why do they stay? I think that's a very good point, Connor, because every year in Ireland we hear about the undocumented Irish in the United States. Donald Trump described the Irish Premier as his new friend as the pair attended a lunch in Washington to mark St. Patrick's Day. Ender Kenny immediately tested that friendship as he raised the issue of legal immigration paths for Irish citizens, as well as the situation of undocumented migrants living in the US. And we know that they face barriers in living their lives properly and that they cannot come home to see their loved ones because their papers are not in place. Here in Ireland, for the best part of 15 or 20 years, there's been a small undocumented community building up right here. Now, a lot of them would have come from the Philippines in the early to mid 2000s. We also have people from Mauritius, China, Brazil, Pakistan. There's a number of countries, but I'd say the Philippines and Mauritius would make up a significant number of them. The majority either enter on a student visa, on a work visa sometimes, or often on tourist visas. And then they make a decision to stay on after the visa expires. The very same thing that Irish people do in the States, that they find job, they find under the table work a lot of the time. They need the money to send it home to loved ones and they decide I'm going to stay and see how this works out. We do know that nearly a third of undocumented people in Ireland work as carers and a lot of them care for older people, for people with disabilities and also for children. And they were described recently as the hidden line of essential workers uh, during the pandemic. A lot also work in restaurants and hospitality, um, a lot work in cleaning and maintenance and construction. But care work tends to be the main industry that they are part of. What are the main barriers that undocumented people face in their lives here? Well, more generally, first of all, with adults who are undocumented here, um, it's everything from a fear of exploitation by landlords or employers and also a fear to access medical help. So, for instance, early on in the pandemic, there was a genuine fear among support groups for undocumented people that they would not come forward if they became ill with COVID, that they would choose to hide and self-medicate, essentially, go get paracetamol and whatever else they could because they thought if they'd approach a hospital, approach the HSE, they'd be legally in a sticky situation. Now, it was made clear early on by the government that that would not be the case. And there was an encouragement for undocumented people to come forward. The other group that um, tend to suffer as undocumented people are young people. So teenagers, people who come here either as very young children or some in their early teens, but mostly would come here where they're five, six, seven, eight. They go into the Irish school system. They speak with Irish accents. They've grown up here. They make their friends and then they get to leaving cert year. And then they discover, a lot of them only discover at this point, that if they go on to third level, number one, they will be charged international fees, which the vast majority of their families won't be able to afford. But number two, there is this added fear that they will be out there to be seen. They will be going into the third level system and then there's the fear among this, their parents that they will be found out. They don't even tell their friends. They would have someone they could describe as a best friend at school that they've known for 10 years and the friend wouldn't know the truth or the details about their family situation. So there's a shame attached to it. Hi, my name is uh, Dishan. Um, I'm 23 years old and I've, I've been... I moved to Ireland when I was nine and I've, uh, I've completed all my studies here. And, uh, and it's worth mentioning that I spoke to a young man called Dishan Kamaya. I interviewed Dishan a few years ago when he was 17 and he's now in his early 20s and he described to me about these barriers that he has faced growing up in the country and he's also a member or was a member of the Young, Paperless and Powerful campaign that eventually came together and spoke about how difficult it is to grow up undocumented in this country. 
because going going growing up through that you you think you're you're alone and uh even though you your neighbor might might be it might be going through the same thing but you you might not know because you're always told to like keep this to yourself and Dishan actually spoke to me again about how people have come together, and in his case, young people, teenagers, made the choice to start speaking up and have their voices heard, which is no easy thing. As I've said, there's there's a fear surrounding it, but they kind of reached the point where they were fed up and they felt that they couldn't live their lives properly if they had to continue working in the shadows. A lot of uh, migrants that we get stuck on minimum wage job, we do not want to take take any risks. We don't want to change employers. Because you you never know how new employers are gonna are gonna react to uh, towards you not having your papers or not having so it's always like a race if it's if something is working you wouldn't want to change. Do we know what kind of status they're going to get? Will they be able to work? Will they be able to study? This is one of the issues actually at this point. We don't know many details about the scheme. It was announced, it was launched, there was huge celebration and jubilation among Ireland's undocumented community and many asylum seekers as well that this was finally going to happen. But actually when you dig down into the details, there aren't many. So what we do know, it's launching for six months. We do know that it is offering access to the labour market, but it doesn't say what type of access, so what type of stamps will be available. It's also said that there will be a pathway to citizenship. Again, not exactly clear what that means and what kind of permission people will have to live their lives in this country. Will they be able to access third level education and not pay fees or pay the the kind of money that we would pay as Irish citizens? Or will it be on the EU level? That's not clear either. And there are also um, anomalies in the proposal around how long someone needs to be continuously undocumented. So, for instance, you've been here for four years and you're undocumented for a period of that, but you were also documented for part of that. Will you be eligible? And this brings in the group of fishermen. There's a lot of fishermen on, on vessels around Ireland who are very worried about whether they'll be able to apply because they would have come here on what was called the atypical working scheme. Um, which gives them status to be here. But then they're essentially cut loose by employers and moved to other vessels where they work undocumented for many years. So there is hesitation and worries as to who will actually be able to apply when it opens in January. Circa, this scheme will also be open to asylum seekers in direct provision who've been waiting at least two years for their applications to be processed. So in a way, it's a kind of amnesty for people in direct provision. Why were they included in the scheme? They were included in the scheme, Connor, because the government is currently trying to deal with the backlog of applications for international protection from asylum seekers. So at the moment, there are well over 8,000 people in the direct provision system who have applied for international protection. But as long as there's that number of people awaiting an answer, it's going to be very difficult for the government to replace direct provision, which is a commitment it made last year. And then earlier this year in February, um, the Department of Children and Equality launched a white paper which laid out plans for the new accommodation system which will replace direct provision and that which they say will be in place by the end of 2024. However, in order to bring in that new system, they need to move along the cases that are currently being examined. And this also follows follows a recommendation that was made last year by an expert group report, which was chaired by Dr. Catherine Day, which specifically called for people who had been in the system at least two years to be given leave to remain in this country. And this is now what the government has proposed. It has said people who have been in the system at least two years can apply through this regularisation programme. 
What would you say to people, and there undoubtedly will be people, who argue that this scheme will act as an incentive and result in more undocumented people coming to Ireland? I think quite simply, in relation to any concerns people have about this acting as a pull factor, is this is just a six-month programme and it's only available to people who have been here at least three or four years. So if someone turns up on a plane tomorrow, they're not going to be eligible for it. It's someone who has been building a life here for the last few years and the same goes for asylum seekers. They have to be at least two years in the system. Having said that, it's not clear what's going to re- what's going to happen in June. It will last for six months. The government says it will close after six months. So there will be quite a rush for people who are here and who have been here for a few years to apply for it. But I think for the moment, this scheme will only be eligible to people who are already here in the country and not people who might be arriving in the coming weeks or months. Coming up, we'll be hearing from Irene again. She'll be speaking to Circa about what this scheme means for her and for her family. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Circa, you spoke to Irene Jagoba. Can you tell me a little bit about that interview and who she is? So Irene is a woman I actually interviewed a few years ago for my New to the Parish series, and she is one of the main spokeswomen for the Justice for the Undocumented campaign. She made the decision years ago to actually speak publicly about her own situation, which was a very brave thing to do because she did it at a time when not many people were speaking openly and publicly about their situation. She's originally from the Philippines and she's been here over 14 years and she actually hasn't seen her children, her son and her daughter, in over 14 years. And she spoke to me first about her life and growing up in the Philippines, then what made her come here and finally what it is that has forced her to stay all this time. Irene, let's talk a bit about your own personal story. Where are you from and, and where did you grow up? I am originally from the Philippines and the first nine years uh, I was in Bokohan. It's a small community with only 6,300 population. We had a farm there. Then my mom had a health condition And she decided to sell us and move in the city where our relatives are. And she only lived for two years and then she passed away. I was left with my two sisters and uh, they were older than me. They started working and I moved with my auntie and her family. It was challenging because at the age of 13, I started working 
but still uh, studying. So I was a working student from then. Uh, I finished my degree. I was doing well in school. And then I started to have my own family. I decided to put uh, my own business. It was just a small diner, but very busy. And then because it's busy, it gave me more idea and put up another one, a party shop. And it's going really well. And I have my daughter uh, with me. She's going to school. It was, it, it's a happy life. And then uh, when I had my son, who was born with congenital heart disease, that's the start of spending a lot for his medication. It was a, a bad one. Uh, so we fight for his life. And I spent everything that I have and left me with nothing. And your your husband was abroad, wasn't he? He worked abroad. He worked abroad, but it wasn't enough. When he's just in Asia, you know, the difference of of how people earn. And it wasn't really enough. It's only enough for our bills and everyday uh, support. But for the medication, is is very different. And then when he was cleared from the hospital and we went home, I don't know how to start again because like, I left the business for nearly a year. It, it's really hard to rebuild and stand up again. So I said to my uh, sister, she's already here in Ireland. And uh, I said, if you can find me an employer, then I can work. And how did you feel, Irene, about moving abroad, moving so far away from your children to earn money? It was a very difficult uh, decision and choice because leaving two small kids behind and one is not very well is very tough. But thinking that I can continue to support his medication and education is kind of, I think it's much better, but their father come home to look after them so they'll be fine at least there's one parent with them I asked my sister if I can join and come over so I and decided to to live here I found a job it's a childminder job in county meets I stayed there with them for six years what year did you arrive here in Ireland uh, I came here January 28 2008 in a tourist visa And what was it like the first few weeks and months living in Ireland? It must have been incredibly different to your life in the Philippines and also difficult to be so far away from the people you loved. I left my heart and mind back in the Philippines with my two kids. And also it feels like there's a big part of your body missing. And I also joined my sister's friend going on a part-time cleaning job or any other job just to experience because hey I have to accept I'm not the boss I'm not the manager anymore (laughs) you know even you have your degree no you cannot apply for the job that is suited to you you have to accept the fact that whatever job is available you have to take it so uh, getting that kind of different experience helped me to to start you came here on a tourist visa after how long did your legal status fall away and how did it feel becoming undocumented? The visa was only for three months and when it was nearly over, I was like in a panic because you have to make a a tough decision to stay or to go back home. I don't want to go back home with nothing. It's just like wasting the opportunity that you're already here. 
and said I really have to continue and support my kids' education and, of course, most important, the medication. And uh, when I realized that, oh, I'm undocumented now, the fear started, I was being more careful in talking to people, giving information. I was afraid going out because, you know, the everyday challenge in your life when you're undocumented, that you don't know who you're going to encounter or meet. Even it's just, I thought it was an immigration officer, but it was just a bus inspector, you know, that way that you nearly jump out the window in the bus if you can. It is really challenging and you feel like you have no voice because you cannot tell the truth. You don't want to lie, but protecting your situation is is, uh, very difficult. Irene, a few years ago, you started speaking publicly about being an undocumented person here in Ireland. Why did you decide to speak out about this? Weren't you worried at all about the potential repercussions of speaking publicly about your immigration status here in Ireland? I decided to speak publicly about being undocumented because I want change to happen and help our campaign to get the regularization. I was nervous, but I need to be brave and stand up for everyone. The other purpose is to raise the awareness of other undocumented people to come out and join the campaign and to get the attention of the government and public and let them know that We are here long term and needs a solution, just like the undocumented Irish in the US. What are undocumented people contributing to Irish society? What have they done for Ireland over the past 10 to 15 years? Most people are here like 15 to 20 years. We're working in different sectors like childminder, carer, agriculture, and even the pandemic came. We continue to work. We were the frontliners as well, part of that kind of job. It was a massive contribution as well, especially those jobs that are in a lower class. Because if they're not available, we were the ones who will cover. Because we will take it as long as it's a job and we really want to help as well. Another thing is we pay rent, our bills and everything. We consume food here in the economy and the society, it is, for us, is a big contribution. What do you think, Irene, about the new regularization scheme that has been announced? The government says it will help people come out of the shadows. Do you think that's true? And do you think a six-month program is enough? The regularization scheme really is life-changing. It's a massive win. It's historic. And I believe that it will transform thousands of families and workers' life here in Ireland because we will live in a normal life. We can come home and visit our family and come back here to work without the fear of you can't come back here anymore. We won't be scared anymore uh, if we are sick to go to the hospital in case they're looking for some requirements. It will change uh, many people's life and live without fear, really. Irene, how do you feel now after so many years of waiting for something like this to happen? To be honest, I really, I still can't believe. Like I said, is it really happening? Did we really do it? I was very happy and I feel sad for the other people who are not included on the scheme, but generally very happy and proud that we really did it.
Irene, how old are your children now? My daughter is 22 and my son is 16. And what would you say your relationship is like with them now, after 14 long years apart? I'm trying to be the coolest mom. We still update each other and not to forget to talk at least four times a week. You know, they're grown, like they have their own friends and groups and it's okay. As long as we catch up, tell me what's going on and that's okay. They're, they're both very good, very good kids. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get your regularized status? Are you going to go home and see your kids? The first thing is I want to make sure that most of our members, uh, especially the qualified ones, made their application and they're doing well. And of course, yes, uh, after getting the result, I want to see my children. I'm dying to see them. That's it for today. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 